Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Tuesdays, wherever you may be across this great country, around this great land. I am here with you. We got a lot to dive into. NFL action completed last night with a big upset uh, by, of, by the Cincinnati Bengals of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence gets injured in the process. I'll run through all of the NFL uh, discussion as I always do on the Tuesday edition of this program. Fallout has continued surrounding Florida State not being included in the college football playoff. You may have just heard me discussing with Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, who came on the radio program and argued that there was no way uh, that Texas should have been included in the college football playoff. We will discuss uh, all of that. Uh, continued, like I said, fallout. But right off the top here, before I get into the NFL reactions, I would encourage all of you to go listen or watch my long-form interview with Stephen A. Smith, which went up a few hours ago. You can find it basically anywhere. I believe it's up on YouTube now, the full thing. Uh, You can find it on uh, Twitter. Uh, You can find it on uh, parts of it on Instagram, on TikTok, The guys do a really good job uh, at OutKick now, distributing our content across the entire universe of of the internet. It's one reason I don't spend as much time now uh, on Twitter, because I share you my opinions. I typically don't really pay attention to a lot of what other people's opinions are, but we're so many places now. Also, Spotify, uh, you can go to the uh, the iTunes if you just want to listen to the audio version of that uh, of that interview, as I know many of you do. Uh, just like the audio versions, you're not sitting around watching video, or you're at work, or you're driving, and it's easier. You want to just listen. I'm always conscious of trying to do a show that works either on video or on audio, just as well. Right, So we don't have a lot of bells and whistles, as you have likely noticed, on OutKick the Show. There's not some massive amount of graphical accompaniment. You typically can follow everything that I'm saying just by hearing it without needing to see it as well. But I think you would really enjoy uh, the Stephen A. Smith interview. And it's not surprisingly uh, getting a lot of news coverage. I've seen it all over the place, just, uh, just ricocheting through Uh, my email inbox and whatnot. But a lot of really interesting discussion points, some that stood out to me. What advice would Stephen A. Smith give if he wanted, uh, if someone were asking, how do you become the next Stephen A. Smith? I always like to ask that question because I'm conscious uh, that many of you out there listening, you might be teenagers, you might be in your 20s, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, I'd like to work in sports media someday. How would I go about uh, making that happen? We trace uh, Stephen A. Smith's uh, career path from the Winston-Salem Journal, Greensboro News, New York Daily News, to the Philly Inquirer. Uh, I asked him if he should be the highest paid person at ESPN. Would black a wide variety of topics. Would black America be better served if the parties competed for the black vote? Um, 
what he thought about Fox News, what he thought about Trump v. Biden, uh, the, the difficulty he's had dealing with the loss of his mom, the grief that he felt from it. Uh, do you learn more from success or failure? What's it like to have a television show? He had, quite frankly, on air from 2005 to 2007. Um, one of the first things he did from a writing perspective uh, was when he was in college, he wrote a column arguing that his head coach should retire because he had health issues. Uh, what makes good TV? First take, uh, his relationships inside of ESPN and beyond. I think, again, you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, and ideally, it's the kind of interview where you could listen to it in a year. It's not particularly contemporaneous. We didn't talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We didn't talk about the college football playoff rankings. I have lots of opinions on those teams and on current events, as you well know, if you've been listening to me for any length of time, watching me for any length of time. There's no lack of opinions that I share on a day-to-day basis, but all of that factors in um, and I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. Also, are race relations better or, or worse than they, than they used to be? Do we feel confident uh, that things are going to get better or worse? What happens if Trump wins? Should Biden run? All of that, uh, all of that broken down. And I think you guys will really enjoy it if you take the time uh, to dive in and actually uh, go listen. So I'd encourage you to do so. And by the way, I'd also, I know a lot of you are going to watch clips. When we do long form, I'm not a huge fan of clips. And and let me just be transparent, straightforward about that. Um, The reason why I'm not is... Oftentimes, and I know a lot of you are busy and you watch two or three minute clip and you react to it. A lot of times people don't even watch the two or three minute clip. They just relax or react to the headline, um, which is funny. You know, that's been happening. I used to write in my articles, not uncommonly. Um, hey, this is the part where on Twitter people are going to say X, Y, or Z and they're not going to have actually read the column so you can call them out because I'm telling you in advance what their response is going to be. Um, and inevitably it would end up happening. And a lot of you would sit back and you would say, wait a minute, you know, like, uh, you don't even read the column. You don't watch the clip. Do the entirety of the interview. And then if you have opinions, by all means, share them. But if you're going to have an opinion, I would always encourage you to look at the larger context of an interview uh, and listen to the whole thing, then I would say, okay, react to whatever this headline is uh, that somebody's pulling three minutes. An hour and a half interview. Hour and a half interview. Uh, 90 minutes. Not an insubstantial amount of time. A lot of you are going to be traveling for the holidays. You can file it away. You don't have to listen to it right now. Like I said, it's going to have staying power in terms of it's not like we got a prediction for what's going to happen on Monday Night Football and that's the entire story. I always say, listen to the full context and also, this is part of the, the media world in general. I've said for a long time, and I wrote it in this book, uh, which just came out, I said, look, I'm a short order cook. Uh, a lot of what you do on a day-to-day basis when you do a three-hour daily radio show is you react to the most recent 24 hours of news. A lot of what we do on this program, indeed, I'm about to sit down and react to the NFL weekend that was, is react to what just happened. But it's also good. This is why I like writing books. My hope would be that if you go back and read Dixieland Delight, or you go back and read On Rocky Top, or you read Republicans Buy Sneakers too, or you read American Playbook, 
and you read them a decade from now, they still will matter, right? Because you're not trying to chase the day-to-day trajectories of the, of, the, of the media cycle. You're trying to see bigger picture, larger stories. That's what this interview is designed to be, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, let's dive in to uh, the reactions of the weekend that was in the NFL as we finished, what was it, NFL Week 13? I think it was NFL Week 13. So let me pull them all up. As we do every single Tuesday, I will break down for you something that stood out to me about every single game. Uh, I didn't talk to you about the Cowboys winning the game over the Seahawks, but the biggest story of the Cowboys right now is Dak Prescott is playing at the most elite level that Dak Prescott has ever played at. Now, I'm not sure whether the Cowboy defense is going to hold up to be capable of winning the NFC. Uh, Because I think the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFC right now. And if you told me right now, Clay, who's going to represent the NFC in the uh, in the Super Bowl, I would go San Francisco 49ers. Not a remotely difficult prediction for me to make right now. I bet a lot of you would agree with me. I know the 49ers have lost three games. I know they had that stretch in the season where it felt like the wheels were coming off a little bit. I'll talk about them a bit more. But I think defensively, they are far more elite than the Dallas Cowboys are. So the question for me is not actually Dak at all for the Cowboys. It's whether or not they can uh, defensively perform at a high enough level to get past the 49ers. Uh, They're going to win. They're going to make the playoffs. Cowboys are. I think they have a good chance to win a game. We'll see how the matchups end up being. Also, whether or not they win the division and get a home playoff game factors in there in a big way. Seahawks, to me, Pete Carroll, probably the most underrated coach right now in the NFL. Because they moved on from Russell Wilson. Geno Smith came in, and they've continued to win at a fairly high level. The wheels have not come off the Seattle Seahawks. But this team is flawed. They don't have the ability. They may be able to fight their way in on the wild card, but I don't think they have the ability to win a game when they get there. And they certainly don't have the ability to win three, which would be necessary if you're the wild card, to find a way uh, to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and Outkick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, so uh, I, I, I think the Seahawks are, you know, somewhere around the 14th, 15th best team in the NFL. That's not good enough. I think the Cowboys still have hope. Uh, Chargers got the win over the Patriots. or the Patriots now? 2-11. I think I'm right about that. And 2-10, uh, sorry. Probably going to be 2-11 soon. Patriots are going to be up there where depending on how bad the Panthers get from here on out, the Patriots could be in a position where they could go draft Caleb Williams. They're certainly probably going to be in a position where they could go draft Caleb Williams or uh, Drake May. And the question that is going to be out there for them, and by the way, this is presuming they don't like Jaden Daniels more. There's a lot of different moving parts for them. Question is going to be, is is Bill Belichick going to be the guy going forward? Because the Patriots still have a good defense but they are atrocious on the offensive side of the ball. They have not been able to win with Mac Jones. They now haven't been able... I mean, I just want to hit you with what their stats were 
Um, I mean, this is just a total collapse. Um, Bailey Zappi was 13 of 25, uh, 141 yards. I mean, this is uh, tough to watch when you look at their offensive performance. So, my thought in general is that uh, the Chargers, um, you know, they got the win. Brandon Staley still staying alive. Chargers are kind of hanging out there on the periphery. They've lost a lot of close games, as it feels like the Chargers always do. But they could hope to be in the playoff mix coming down the stretch run, even sitting where they are. Patriots, big question. They're done. Are they going to be the number one or number two draft pick? Uh, And if they are, is Bill Belichick the guy that they want to helm up this franchise going forward? That's the big question for me standing out. Cardinals get the win over the Steelers. Injury to Kenny Pickett. Look, the reality is this. The Steelers have been winning. Credit to Mike Tomlin. Despite despite getting outgained week to week. And the Cardinals are a better team now that Kyler Murray is back and starting to round into shape. They're not as awful as everybody thought when they said, oh, they're going to be at the very top of the uh, of the board when it comes to uh, to going and drafting a replacement for Kyler Murray. Given how much they're paying Kyler Murray, that would be difficult to do. That's a nice win for the Cardinals over the Steelers. And if you're a Steelers fan, I think you look around and you say, how much of this is smoke and mirrors? Defensively, we're very good. Offensively, I don't think Kenny Pickett's the answer. So the Steelers are going to find themselves somewhere in the middle pack, I think, by the end of the season. Maybe a 10-7 and style record would be my guess of what they would finish. Maybe 9-8 and before all is said and done. Because I think the lack of offensive talent, particularly without Kenny Pickett now, even though I don't think he's great, is going to catch up with him. So what's the future of the Steelers franchise? You don't have a, a franchise quarterback. And the defense starting to age a little bit. So how does that all get played out? I think that's an intriguing question. Um, Colts, one on the road against the Titans. My uh, family was at this game. Uh, Titans losing overtime. Managed to get two punt, punts blocked. Managed to miss an extra point. Um, they fired the special teams coordinator. Probably the most talented player by age on the team is Ryan Stonehouse relative to other positions, right? People are like, oh, Derrick Henry's the best player on the team. I think that's true. But Ryan Stonehouse, given age, this is probably the last year Derrick Henry's ever playing with the Titans. He's going to go try probably to win a championship somewhere else. Titans are done. So the question is going to be now sitting at four and eight, firing the special teams coach. What's the future of the franchise? You look in the AFC South, C.J. Stroud's playing really well. Um, Trevor Lawrence, notwithstanding the loss on Monday night, last night, and the injury. uh, Pretty good future for the Jags, I think. So, is Will Levis the guy? I think there's positive and negative associations with Will Levis. I think it's hard to have a strong view on him because the offensive line is so bad. I didn't think he was awful, but he's put the ball in turnover positions a lot. Will Levis has been very fortunate that he doesn't have a ton of interceptions to his name this year. A lot of interceptable balls. I think he had, what, two fumbles, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the game. Again, a lot of that goes to there's nobody to block for him, and so he's under a lot of pressure. But I don't think the Titans are going to draft a quarterback, but it's looking like the Titans are going to end up with a top-five pick. So do you go get a tackle once and for all? Do you go try to put yourself in the Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, uh, sweepstakes? Do you just say, let's go get Brock Bowers and try to get a weapon there? 
lot of intriguing directions Titans can go now. The season is over. The Colts, credit to the Colts. Colts have put themselves in a position to be in the mix for the wild card and also for that division overall now that they're only, I think, a game back. Uh, This was a big win for them. Gardner Minshew has stepped in after the Anthony Richardson injury. Even without Taylor, they performed at a decent level. I think they were fortunate to win. I think the Titans gave it away. But the Colts got the dub. Uh, Texans, I mentioned it earlier. Strong argument right now. And we still have, what, five weeks left in the season? Uh, So we still have five weeks left in the season. Strong argument with five weeks to play that C.J. Stroud is having the best rookie year in NFL quarterback history. Argument. Again, argument to be made right now. Texans get the win over the Broncos, stop the Broncos' winning streak. Strong play by C.J. Stroud yet again. Five weeks left in the regular season. He is the unquestioned NFL rookie of the year. And maybe, maybe you can even take it to the next level and argue that he has been so far the best performing rookie quarterback in NFL history. Now, there's still five weeks left and things can fall apart. But if you look at him compared to Bryce Young, if you look at him compared to Will Levis, if you look at him certainly compared to Anthony Richardson, who got injured, he looks pretty phenomenal. I would be ecstatic if I were a Texans fan right now. Uh, Lions bounce back from a really disappointing performance on Thursday, uh, Thursday, the Thanksgiving Day game. Go on the road, beat the Saints. Derek Carr gets knocked out of the game again. Jared Goff and uh, the Lions start off hot. I think they were up 21-0 in this game. Managed to hold on, managed to cover. Uh, credit to uh, the, uh, the Lions for finding a way to get two nine wins. I believe they are now 9-3. and three. Uh, Saints don't feel like a playoff team to me, even though the AFC, sorry, the NFC South is a mess. Somebody's got to win that division. I think in first place now, and this is crazy, the Falcons are in first place in the NFC South right now, right? They got an ugly 13-8 win uh, in that uh, that division. Uh, And now you look, and yeah, 6-6 Atlanta would be hosting a home playoff game right now. They would be the four seed going up against the five seed Dallas Cowboys. Now, that wouldn't be an awful matchup for the Cowboys, I don't think. Another dome uh, stadium scenario. I think the Cowboys would comfortably win there. Uh, By the way, the Vikings also in the playoffs. That's going to surprise a lot of people sitting at six and six. And the Green Bay Packers, who we'll talk about in a minute, have fought their way back into the playoff mix as well. I mentioned the Rams and the Seahawks uh, also there. The overall strength of the top of the AFC is so much better than the NFC uh, that uh, that it's tough to uh, to even think about, especially at the top of the line. But we'll talk about that more as the playoff race uh, continues to play itself out. But I think that surprises a lot of you. If you're not paying close attention, I think you're like, wait, the Falcons would be hosting a home playoff game if the season ended in the NFL right now? Yes, they're sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, even with all the tumult that their season has had. Dolphins blow out the Commanders. Uh, Incredible start to the first half by Tyreek Hill, over 150 yards receiving. Dolphins play my Titans on Monday. Uh, That is, I think, going to be a very ugly performance by the Titans, who don't have great uh, playmakers in the secondary. Commanders, they're they're nothing, right? Like they're a a non-entity in many ways. Bucks get the win over the Panthers. Bucks are not a great team. 
Panthers obviously are very bad. Uh, I don't think either of those teams has much to play for this season, except for the fact that the Bucs continue to perform in the NFC South, where the record there is not going to be great. As I just mentioned, the Falcons are the overall four seed. 49ers, best team in the NFC. I thought this before they went on the road and completely dominated the Eagles. Four touchdown passes from Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan puts his playmakers, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, in positions to make plays better than any offensive coach in the NFL does, uh, They including the Eagles, who do a, typically a pretty good job with this. I think the 49ers should be a substantial favorite to win the NFC, assuming that they can keep everybody healthy. Eagles have won a lot of close games of late, but they're fading right now. We'll see whether they can catch fire again, but they've been very fortunate to win a lot of close games against inferior teams and just got blown out at home. Rams, Rams are 6-6. Six and six. I think that's, again, that's a team that's going to surprise people, kind of floating around where they are. The Browns fading. Really good defense for the Browns at times. They are falling uh, rapidly. Packers get the win over the Chiefs. Jordan Love is surging. I didn't think he was going to be the answer, but he's playing a lot better. Chiefs, they're finally lack of playmakers, I think, is starting to catch up with them. The fact that they've had a lot of drops, the fact that they have not made the plays that you would expect for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so the Packers get the win over the Chiefs. Yes, it was pass interference late, but the Chiefs uh, are in a position over and over again uh, where they need to make plays late, where they get down early, uh, and the Packers got that win, and uh, the Bengals get the win in overtime against the Jags. Ominous for the Jags, even though they're probably going to end up winning the AFC South to find themselves in a position uh, where Trevor Lawrence potentially is going to be out for a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. It looked worse than maybe it's going to end up being. Uh, we'll see how all of uh, all of that shakes out. Okay, uh, that is the uh, that is the latest there. The debate is taking place, as I said, tomorrow. We'll be reacting to that for certain uh, and how that all looks. And I wanted to uh, to mention, what did I say yesterday that I would hit? Um, I think I threw away yesterday's notes. Uh, but I did want to mention credit to John Fetterman. Never would have thought that I would be saying this. John Fetterman is 100% right on everything that he is saying about Israel and Hamas. He's one of the few Democrats speaking out and being honest and transparent about what is going on uh, there. Uh, and I would encourage you one more time, go listen to Stephen A. Smith on Woke Culture. I promise that you are going to enjoy that and more. Go listen to the full 90 minutes. Recorded it last night. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Make sure that you do not miss it. And uh, I appreciate all of you. Also, college football playoff controversy continuing to grow. Uh, there are comments that uh, Florida politicians are going to investigate and all these other different things. I understand why Florida State fans are upset. I also understand why politicians that represent uh, many Florida State fans in the state of Florida would be upset as well. But I don't think there's any grand conspiracy here. I think the college football playoff committee looked at Florida State, looked at what they did against Florida and Louisville with a second and third string quarterback and made a rational decision. As you can see, Georgia has opened as a 14-point favorite over Florida State. Now, early prediction. I think Alabama is going to beat Michigan and I think Texas is going to beat 
uh, Washington. That would mean you would have 13-1 Alabama against 13-1 Texas. If I am correct, Florida State might end up, if they could pull off the upset, beating Georgia and being the only undefeated Power 5 team in in major college football. If that happened, could you make an argument to the AP that you deserve to be the overall number one ranked team? I think you could. I don't think they would accept it, but I think you could go full Central Florida route, have your own parade, proclaim your team a national champion. This is the last time that I believe this would ever be possible because next year we go to a 12-team playoff. We just had Congressman Byron Donalds on, I think, if you said, okay, hey, here's the deal. We're going to have Washington and Michigan get buys. Three seed, um, three seed Texas plays against six seed Georgia. And four seed Alabama plays against five seed Florida State. And we do a six-team playoff this year. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So... To me, I wish we had the ability to solve this issue. I would have expedited the 12-team playoff a year early, but just play two extra games. Give those teams a bye, Washington and Michigan. Play three-seed uh, three seed Texas against six-seed uh, uh, Georgia and four-seed Alabama against five-seed Florida State. I think that Georgia and Alabama would win those games personally, and I think you'd end up with Georgia and Alabama going up against uh, Michigan and Washington. You know what? I actually think Georgia-Alabama would end up your national championship game, which we just saw in the SEC championship game. All right. I love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, go listen to that long-form interview with Stephen A. Smith. This has been Outkick, the show.